Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Thanks be. This is the word of the Lord. That's what you say. Okay, so, um, yes, so I'm Colleen, and I am doing a little presentation about the passage I just read. Um, The first thing that kind of spoke to me about the passage when I read it was that um, Jesus uses the term, watch out. Uh, A man calls to him in a crowd and says, help me sort out this problem with my brother. He's got all the inheritance and I want some of it. And Jesus is very clear that that's not his job. His job isn't to actually um, decide uh, family disputes but he uses that opportunity to actually say, watch out. Um, You're focusing on material possessions. You're focusing on wealth and uh, material gain. And that is something that's not not recognized in the kingdom of heaven. While you're focusing on material gain, what are you you not focusing on? Uh, And at that point, he actually goes on to talk about the parable of the rich fool. Um, The man in himself, the rich fool or rich man, um, was not particularly bad person. He was working hard and he'd he'd yielded a really good crop. But, I mean, did he do anything special to get that crop or did it just happen? He was afforded an abundance of uh, grain on a particular occasion And it's noted in a number of commentary about this particular parable that instead of thinking about other people, he immediately talks about I. So there's been some count done about how many times the I pronoun has been used in the the parable, and it's quite a number of times. Um, I don't know what to do, what will I do? I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll build bigger barns. It's all about him. Uh, Next slide. Uh, Yeah, it's all about me. Um, I don't know if you can see, but I've just put a little bit, a little knot. It's not all about me. Uh, We tend to be like that, don't we? We tend to be all about me. Um, We tend to go off on our own little tangents about ourselves and forget that we are just one of many, and there are other people out there who might be in need of our, our help. There may have been people in this man's community who needed that extra grain, but it was pointed out in the parable that he didn't actually 
think about those people. He just thought about how he can secure his future. And the next slide. Oh, that's, that wasn't meant to be the next slide. Uh, it's the, the one with the painting. Yeah, I, I, I changed them at the last minute and I must have sent you an earlier version. So this is, um, this is a painting uh, by an artist called James Tissot, French. His name's Jacques, but for some reason it's been anglicised to James. I don't know why. Uh, but this is a painting of the moment when the heavenly being comes to demand the life of the rich fool. He's sitting there with his bags of grain, uh, pondering what he's going to do with all this surplus. Um, and unbeknownst to him, his life is about to end. And I think that is like just a really, really important thing to remember who's actually in control of the life that we're living and where is that life going? What is our future? Our future, we, have, we, we do have a future in this life. Some of our futures might be very limited. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen in the next second, let alone the next minute or the next hour or day. Um, but we also, our greatest future is actually in heaven with God. And that is the future that we, we need to be focusing on and we need to be looking at um, and, and making sure that we have the qualities that will be required to enter the kingdom of heaven. So if I go back to the other slide of the fun kit, yes, so I was just thinking about what would be in a kit of qualities that you might need to develop to take with you into the kingdom of heaven. And um, for those of you who have, have young children or have contact with young children, we, we know how important it is to always be prepared and to have something on hand. If you're going on a road trip or a plane trip or a train trip or even going to an adult-led activity, you need to have a lot of things at your disposal to entertain the children, to keep them occupied. So this fun kit's clearly been made up for a child, and it's called an emergency preparedness kit. Uh, what do we need? Uh, what do we need for our kit for God, who is our, our future? Um, so in the next slide, I had a heart. Yes, and, and in there, um, there are a lot of different words that I thought kind of resonated with the type of things that you might that we all might want to develop as the qualities that we need to take with us into the kingdom of heaven. So some of the things that leap out are peace, kindness, compassion, love and tolerance, but there's lots and lots of things in there. And, and how often do we actually focus on those those things and I, I I might have just one minute to say a little anecdote because one of the things that really leapt out at me about this um, parable was the actual moment of death don't want to be too morbid and dwell on death but um, I, I just want to recount a little story something that happened to me many years ago it was about 23 years ago um, October the 15th and I got up that day to escort my two friends Linda and Karen um, 
to the train from Melbourne, from the big train station in Melbourne, Southern Cross, to they were carrying their brother's ashes to to Queensland, where they wanted to scatter his ashes. He he was 23 when he died, um, and his sisters loved him dearly, particularly Linda, who was devastated by his death. He died of a very aggressive cancer. So on this day, I was escorting them to the train station and wishing them all the best as they got on the train, bidding them farewell so they could go up to Queensland and scatter Gary's ashes at the last place that he was healthy. He was running a tennis academy in Harvey Bay, and that's where they wanted to scatter his ashes. And um, I had a great day. I said goodbye to them on the train, had a great day, and, and stepped away and and went for a wander and meandered all over St Kilda, which was my local area, and coffee shops and this, that, and the other thing. Got home quite late. It was a Sunday night, 11 p.m., and there was a lot of messages on the answering machine. As soon as I walked into the share house that I was living in at the time, I had a very strong sense that a lot of those messages were for me. And uh, it turned out that they were for me, and before I could even recount the messages, the phone had rung again, and it was my auntie saying my dad had died that day. So immediately I was thrown into this state of confusion. I've just left, you know, I've just said goodbye to someone on a train with their ashes from their brother who had been living with us, um, who'd just died, and now I'm confronted immediately with this more intimate experience of death. But I think one thing it really taught me, because there was an irony in that, there was a huge irony that I was already experiencing grief and I was already in this kind of space of grappling with the idea of death, that there was no, there was no time given. No one was saying, let Colleen, let Colleen process what's gone on with Gary first um, before we we put another death on top of her. My dad just died suddenly out of the blue. So, so what I'm saying is this, this moment that we, we are living in is, is the moment that we have to actually to, to develop the qualities that we need to move into the afterlife because we don't know exactly when or how soon that's going to happen. And there was just one little thing more that I wanted to do, and it's just like a little visualisation. So the last slide. I'd like you to all close your eyes. And I'd like you to think about the person who you like the least at the moment. Um, I I seem to have plenty of them. (laughs) got a number to choose from. So you might have one or you might have several. Um, Just someone that gets on your nerves, someone that unsettles you or someone that you'd rather not have to have contact with and are forced to. And I'd just like you to imagine that you're reaching out to that person, extending your arm out to them, extending your arm out with love and kindness and compassion, and that you're smiling towards this person and your, your feelings of love and compassion are spreading around and there might be other people that come and join you because there might be other people that you want to share these feelings with 
And I'd just like you to imagine a little bit about how wonderful that would be for us if we could manage to do that in this life. Because I imagine that this is what heaven is like, where all our insecurities and our feelings of resentment and anger and whatever other strong emotions we have are actually not there and that we can freely be together with everyone who is among us. Okay, thanks. Thank you for doing that. And um, just the last slide is very rudimentary. This is, this is a little image I found that maybe represents for me an idyllic sort of place that might be a little bit of heaven um, that I might like to recreate in my heart when I'm meeting someone who I find difficult to encounter. Thank you. Stay in that place of prayer for another moment. It's the great paradox of Christian faith that until we have faced death, we can never truly encounter life. That we are called into life and life in all its fullness by Jesus, but only as we pass through death, his literal death on the cross and our figurative death, death to ourselves, contending with our own mortality, contending with our own ego our own desires and being willing to lay down our lives to lay aside our very selves for the sake of following Jesus So with um, hope of the new creation, hope of the new heavens and the new earth firmly rooted in our hearts, we're going to declare our faith in the simple words of a creed. And let's stand together and proclaim these words and, and then we'll conclude with the Lord's Prayer and a, and a song. But let's declare together. We believe in God the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. We believe in God the Son, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with his love. We believe in God the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us with power from on high. Hallelujah. We believe... Have we got one more slide on there, Zoe? No. Yes, we believe in one God, 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours. Father's heart, mystery lavishes on us as deep cries out to deep. Oh, how desperately he wants us! Things of earth stand next to him like a candle to the sun. Unfailing Father, what compares to his great love? Behold his holy son, the lion and the lamb given to us. The word became a man that my soul should know is saved. sake of all mankind, salvation is in his blood, Jesus Messiah, the righteous died for love, and it wasn't over, but he is the
of God which passes all understanding. Keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you this day and always. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for coming. Have a great rest of the day and uh, we'll see you again next week. You bring life.